Welcome to episode 101 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and it's a pleasure to be spending this time with you today. Whether this is your first or your 101st episode, I hope you hear something that will make you smile, spark an insight, improve your business, and maybe even change your life. This is our first podcast of 2016, and I hope your new year is off to a great start. Mine was a bit slow to get going. I was taken off the grid by my annual New Year's cold and feel like now, the week of January 11th, I'm just now getting started. And that's okay. We don't always get the perfect new beginning that we desire. What counts is that we make the most of whatever beginning we're given. Two quick things to share before we jump into our interview. Whether you're an entrepreneur on your own or a professional within an organization, you probably have to do two things to grow your business, network and prospect. I just finished reading a new book by a recent podcast guest. He was on episode 99, um, David J.P. Fisher, and his book was titled Networking in the 21st Century for Solopreneurs and Freelancers. I ended up highlighting several points in my Kindle edition, and I wanted to share a couple with you that I think are particularly useful for introverts. One is, as professionals, we have to bring more than just knowledge to create value. Our mission is to interact with that knowledge and create something new. I just really appreciated that particular um, spin on how we are connecting with what we know and connecting with others. Introverts tend to be people of thoughts and ideas. We love information and knowledge. What networking allows us to do is to take that internal knowledge that we've gained and share it and make it useful for others. When we interact with our knowledge in the presence of others, in other words, when we network, we create and offer value regardless of if a business relationship ever develops. David also writes, realize that anytime you are around others, you are at a networking event. That's something I touch on in my own book as well. If networking is simply connecting with others and exchanging value, often in the form of information, resources, or knowledge, then every time you are around friends, family, colleagues, or even strangers, there's potential for a networking moment. That doesn't mean that you have to be in business mode all the time. In fact, it's an invitation to relax and be yourself, knowing that all you're doing is being open to opportunities to make someone else's life easier or to even make their day with a solution to one of their challenges. If you want to learn more, I do encourage you to check out David's books on networking, especially if one of your goals this year is to connect with more people. You'll find a link to his books as well as to our podcast interview from December of 2015 in the episode show notes at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. I'm also pleased to share that The Introvert Entrepreneur was named one of the top 100 best business books of 2015 by Inc.com. It's been exciting to see how people have been responding to the book. As I shared in a previous episode, my measure of success regarding the book is not focused on metrics or how I feel like I performed as an author. It's focused on the question, did anything happen? So for you, the reader, did anything happen? So far, the answer is yes, something has happened. Each time people share with me that a shift happened or a new insight occurred, that tells me that yes, something happened. To me, that equals success. So thank you to Inc.com for the shout out, as well as to everyone who's purchased a copy and is open to something happening as a result of their reading. 
And if you haven't gotten your copy yet, you can visit Amazon.com, iTunes, or your favorite online book retailer, or your favorite independent bookseller. Print, audio, and ebook editions are all available. And of course, links to the book, The Introvert Entrepreneur, Amplify Your Strengths and Create Success on Your Own Terms, as well as the Inc.com article are included in the episode show notes. Now on to our conversation. I'm really pleased to welcome Julie Gordon-White to the podcast. Julie is a certified business broker with more than 23 years of corporate, entrepreneurial, and business brokerage experience. Julie founded Blue Key Business Brokerage M&A in 2003 to maximize her passion for entrepreneurship through the sale and acquisition of companies with revenues up to $10 million. In 2011, Julie founded ExitJourney.com to help share her message of value your business, value yourself in a much bigger way. Julie is the president of the California Association of Business Brokers and is a trusted media source for Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, Bloomberg Business Week, San Francisco Business Times, and others. She's the author of Exit, 12 Steps to Sell Your Business for the Price You Deserve. Whether you're building a business with the intention to sell it or you want to ensure a solid legacy for your business, you will find lots to value in this conversation. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. It's a delight to be talking with you today. Hi, Beth. Thanks for having me. And it's great to be here. Well, what's making you smile today? Oh, well, everything makes me smile every day. I'm just that kind of person. Um, Super excited. I have a lot of speaking engagements coming up. So a lot of fun things uh, including um, being on a platform next to, I should say, not exactly with, but next to Oprah even. I'm doing oh, wow. presenting a workshop where she's the keynote. So it's really fun to go to that speaker page and see both of us on the same page. <laughs> exactly. How's that for manifesting, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're you're going to rub virtual and real elbows. That's pretty yeah, cool. <laughs> pretty fun. So that's nice. keeping me pretty happy these days. That's in two weeks. Ah, congratulations and, and best that. wishes for that. Well, I, I love to give our listeners some context um, and some perspective about, you know, where you're coming from and where you fall on the introvert extrovert spectrum and how that awareness has influenced you as an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's such a great question. I'd never really thought of it before um, hearing you ask. And uh, I would say I'm on the higher end of extrovert for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do really value my quiet time. So I'm very comfortable being out and talking to people and meeting new people and, you know, stepping into unknowns. No problem with that and sharing very openly. But I really enjoy my quiet, uh, recharge, replenish time. So it was interesting to think about it with that. So I'm going to say I'm on the high side of extrovert, <laughs> but I yep. love a little introvert too. So Absolutely. And that's so important for all of us to remember. Like the introvert needs the social time and the extrovert needs the, the quiet time. Um, yeah. we, we absolutely have to have both. And, and I think if you're aware of it, then you know exactly when you need it and what will feed you. Right, right. I try to protect Sundays for sure for myself, even from my family, you know, no kids stuff if I can help it Mm -hmm. and all those things, because that's just one day that I can have to myself. Yeah. And I think it's good for introverts to hear that extroverts aren't always 
up and go, go, go. <laughs> you no, know? No, that's got, that energy that. has to come from somewhere, right? Exactly. So, exactly. Got to plug in and recharge. <laughs> well, I want to I want to turn to um, some of the work that you do. And, and one of your blog posts caught my attention, and it was about clarity. Mm-hmm. And you said, and I'm quoting here, when you find yourself spinning in circles, not taking action, and maybe even feeling a little down, know that it's not the end of your entrepreneurial journey. You probably just need to regain clarity. And I, I think that, you know, resonated with me because I've had those moments and I, and a lot of my clients have, and you feel like, am I really cut out for this? And that's, right. that can be a little bit earth shattering. So what's out of focus when this happens and how do we make our way back to clarity? Sure. Usually a couple things. Um, first, you know, there's, especially when you're growing a business, there's a lot of information out there to follow a lot of do it this way. This is mm-hmm. the best way do this and you can do it faster. So I think you can get lost and confused sometimes when you lose your own intuition about what feels right for you and your business. Mm-hmm. So just because it was great for someone else doesn't mean it's going to be great for you. And when you follow, you kind of get going down a path that really isn't for you. I think you can really lose clarity quickly. Yeah. So the, the other piece is when you're trying to take too big of a step. You know, our our body and our brain have a way of protecting us when we feel at risk. So I'm a huge thinker. I encourage huge thinking. I'm all about grow to a million and sell for a million or more. Mm -hmm. Um, But it really, you have to start with small steps because that way we can feel really comfortable about what to do next, 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 next versus thinking about this ginormous leap you have to do. It just feels too scary and we get into that sort of fight or flight survival mode. So Mm -hmm. if you can stay, you know, in your own lane doing things that feel right to you for your business, even though it was spectacular for someone else, may not be a good fit for you. And then also think big, but start just right where you are, a really small step so it feels safe and comfortable to go and then go and then go and then go. And that really helps. Yeah, I so appreciate that because there's so much talk. And I've mentioned a few times on this podcast, maybe that I'm, I'm on a crusade about comfort zones. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and as I'm listening to you, I think, well, you know, some of the steps that I take are within my comfort zone. And so something good is happening because I need to feel safe and secure and have a little bit of predictability as I begin to stretch. And then I can go a little more and then a little more. And so honoring those places where you do feel comfortable and seeing them as long pads for growth can be a very positive way. Oh, for sure. I think we get a little over excited about, you know, pushing hard Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And, you know, I've used those words too, determination and perseverance. And, and I kind of like that, you know, I like, I'm, I like a little bit of edge, but truly I think long-term success comes from following what feels good to you because it's hard. It's hard to grow a bigger business. It's exciting. It's rewarding, but it is a challenge. And so if you can stay with what feels right uh, connected to that true comfort, I would say, um, as long as you're taking action, that's the mm-hmm. best strategy there is. Because yeah. you're, you're just going to follow what's right for you. And that's going to keep you in the game. So you don't give up yep. when it gets yep. hard, and it will. And then you can keep going all the way. 
you really shared the key, I think, to the comfort zone piece, which is that just because you're in your comfort zone doesn't mean you don't take action. I think sometimes right. people equate comfort zone, no action. And it is possible to take action from there. So I, I'm really mm -hmm. uh, grateful that you brought that piece into the conversation. Mm. Um, I want to I want to shift and talk about, okay, so things are growing and you do have that ambition to grow your business and eventually sell it. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you're the author of the book, Exit 12 Steps to Sell Your Business for the Price You Deserve. And so we're told to begin with the end in mind, right? That's kind of a maxim that we hear. And if you want to sell your business in the future, you have to build it today so that it can be sold. Correct. What are the best practices? I know I'm sure, you know, this is an entire book, right? But <laughs> what are maybe a few, a few right. best practices that are, you know, very fundamental um, for someone to be able to do that? Sure, sure. Well, um, uh, just before I start, I would want to tell you that my one of my things I love to say is that your exit journey began the day you started your business. Mm. So, whether you sell it, whether you close it, whether you transition it to employees or a, a family member, um, and hopefully it's you know all positive things. I won't even go into the negative aspects yeah. of exiting a business, but you will leave your business one way or another. So you might as well think about it, be proactive, and why not exit with a pot of gold at the end of your entrepreneurial rainbow? So yes. just think about that. Everybody exits, okay? So I want you to exit with, with a big pot and fun. So yeah. here's a couple things. Um, I like to say to the women that I um, advise in my programs that uh, financials are your business BFFs. That's kind mm -hmm. of a silly thing, but it's a fun way of saying you have to know your numbers. You have to understand what a P&L is, what a balance sheet is, what a cash flow statement is. It's really important and not only understand them, but actually look at them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I found many times when I was selling a business, I'd say, okay, you know, what did you do in sales last year? And they'd say, well, I have to call my accountant. Oh. And I'm thinking, oh, that's not, that's not a good sign. That's yeah. not a good sign. Red flag. You, <laughs> red flag. You've got to know, you know at least monthly where you are financially. So you should be looking at your P&Ls and balance sheet monthly at minimum. And if then that's for a service company, if you have a product and you, you know, have a high volume of transactions, you need to look at a flash report weekly. You need to know where you are against your goals, against your budget every single week, because, you know, at that point it's history and you can't really do anything about it. So you still need to know where you are at all times and make numbers your friends. I think people get really nervous about financials. You know, people get excited about starting and growing businesses because they love the product or the service or the customers, which is all golden, but you have, this is, this is business and yeah. the, the foundation of business is numbers and financials. So make them your friend and don't be afraid. Lots of tools out there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, the other thing is once you get a little bit more comfortable with your numbers, if you do aspire to grow your business for sale, um, understand how to value your business. And I go into the details in my book. It's not very complicated to understand how to do a market opinion of value. There's a few things that need to go in there, but it's a, it's a formula that you should understand uh, and practice for your own business at minimum once a year. Mm -hmm. It's just a good place to know what the potential market value is. You know, at the end of the day, it's what somebody will pay for it, mm -hmm. uh, not what you need to retire or go on vacation or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, but having that clear idea of, you know, overall, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of the net profit of your business plus owner perks 
and a few other things. And it's usually a, for a small business, you know, a multiple of between two and a half and three times that number. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very, very, very simplified version. So mm-hmm. if you want, you know, want all the details, download the Kindle for $9 or something <laughs> on Amazon. It's, it's a I'm bargain you, for that. Uh, it's yes. a bargain. You know, people paid me $10,000 to do opinions of value for them. So that is a bargain. I can yes. easily say, go get that so you can understand. And it's just a great tool whether you're um, ready to sell now or later anyway. But understand the value of your business because if you're growing something exciting, you might get the call from mm-hmm. a competitor or a strategic buyer that says, hey, I'm interested. You know, Are you interested in selling? I would get a lot of calls around that. And then there's that panic because I don't know what my business is worth. And it's just you're at a disadvantage. So yeah. understand the value of your business. And then the last thing is document your systems. It's almost like treating your business like a little franchise. It's great for a buyer down the road to understand that you have literally written down the processes of what you do. But the gem really in for you is that your business will run much more smoothly. You will be able to train employees as they come on. You can use those words and that kind of proprietary process that you've identified by writing things down in your marketing it's really, really valuable. And so at the end of the day, you're, it's just more fun to run your business that way, really understanding and having written down how your business works than always just kind of by the seat of your yoga pants. Right. So um, <laughs> documenting your it. systems, it, it's a worthy endeavor. And, you know, it can be super simple, uh, you know, a pad of paper next to your computer and you just mm-hmm. write down, you know, bullet points of what you do. It can be an Excel spreadsheet. Um, I've seen, I've had clients that even put videos and audio in a Mm -hmm. spreadsheet Mm -hmm. and there's software to do it too. But, you know, start small, make it easy, just, you know, piece of paper or on a a document on your computer and just write down the bullet points of what you do during the day and have your team do the same. And it's amazing how quickly you can document your systems. It seems like these would be very important tips, regardless of if you ever see yourself selling your business. Like if you start out and you think, oh, I'm, you know, someday I'll just, I'll just shut it down, you know, or I'll transition to something else. You know, you might think, well, nobody's ever going to call me. So why bother with putting a value on it? Would you First, you're, that you're hurting my heart by. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But I know, but I know that you know a lot of people yes. would think that, and and I and I have to admit myself, I haven't thought. You know, should I put a value on the introvert entrepreneur? Because you don't know when you start what might be something that could be licensed or sold or expanded or transferred, and it seems like if you set that up with that attitude, like that's possible. Yes. then it might be possible. <laughs> you know? Exactly, Beth. That's perfect. If, <laughs> if you think it is, it is. Yeah. So, you know, as I said, you're going to exit one way or another. So you might as well get a little money for it, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. or a lot of money. That's what I'm hoping for, for you. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yes, that's the underlying gift in all of these tips is that if you do this, your business is going to be much more enjoyable for you today. Mm-hmm. You, you know, growing a business can be complicated, ups, downs. We talked about clarity and then losing clarity. So by thinking about, you know, your numbers and knowing your financials and understanding your value every now and then, and then writing down your processes, it just simplifies everything. And then you can work on your business and not just in it all the time doing right. all the work. And that's when the fun really starts. When you can make money, you can teach other people how to do things, and then you can be strategic 
Oh, that's, that's the good yes. stuff right there. Yeah, that does sound good. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I feel a sense of relief just listening to that and thinking, okay, you know, you, it, it makes me feel like, um, and I hope the listener feels like you can get a handle on this. Oh, you know, yeah. it's just, it, it, you can do it at such a simple level. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be complicated. So, yeah. Um, yeah, QuickBooks is a great tool into it. You know, they're huge mm-hmm. fans of mine and I work with their marketing team because it's the core of almost every single business I've ever sold are QuickBook financials. Yeah. So much gold in there. It'll tell you a lot about your business and you'll feel very, very empowered. That's the word, empowered. I know mm-hmm. anytime I'm looking at my numbers and I get it all straight and I have a clear picture, I feel like a rock star. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and you are. You are for sure. Of course. So how do you know when it's time to sell your business? What are some indicators that might point the way to that being the next step? Yeah. Well, um, if you if you know me personally, you know I'm a huge sports fan. And mm. so usually the best time to go out is when you know, you're on the high side. Right, it's like selling right. stock. You know, you want to, when your business is doing really well, it's really profitable, it's humming, it's pumping, it's predictable then that's the time to exit. Now, do most entrepreneurs and small business owners want to exit then? No, because that's when it's finally gotten really good, you know, all that hard work and now it's working. So, but again, it's like anything, selling high is going to give you the highest uh, return. Remember I shared briefly that the valuation is based on a multiple of your net profit Mm -hmm. and owner perks, right? So when they're at their peak, then that means that multiple is going to be at its peak. So if you can stomach you know, exiting your business when things are going so well, that's going to be a great time. Also, your business may be growing too fast. That's another time to consider how you're going to bring in maybe a strategic partner, private equity, or exit completely because growth you know, that's, you know, exponential growth. I teach exponential growth, but growth that's too, too fast and you can't keep up with the cash flow requirements, that can sink a business too. Mm-hmm. So that might be a time to exit. Another time is when you're just not enjoying it anymore. Mm-hmm. I've sold plenty of businesses that are very mature, you know, 20 years in, they've done their work and it's just time to do something else. So um, retirement age is usually the best because it, a buyer isn't suspicious. You know, they don't think mm-hmm. something's wrong with right. the business if great you're um, at retirement age. Uh, that's a great time, you know, but we're talking, you know, 20 years down the road for most people uh, listening here. So when you've got something hot that people want, that's growing, that's a great time to sell. When you've got something that's growing super fast, you might want to jump out before it kind of sinks you because you run out of cash flow and you can't get it fast enough to fulfill the orders. And then if you have something that would also make someone else's company really, really good, Mm -hmm. then that's a great time to go find somebody else that you can partner with or they can buy you and then together you guys can really skyrocket. Yeah. So if I'm hearing right, is is part of quote unquote selling your business, it sounds like that middle road where like expansion is happening too fast. It might not be that you're selling it all, but you're selling, a, you know, an equity share. In that the could business. be it as well. Exactly. Okay. So there yeah. could be private equity involved. Um, there could be a merger involved. So yes, there are different ways to exit and it doesn't necessarily mean 100% of mm-hmm. the shares mm-hmm. of your company or 100% of the equity. But if let's say you take on a big partner or a strategic buyer, then you're going to be left with usually the minority share. So it, it is an exit of sorts, mm-hmm. but that's the art of the deal. That's the fun of it because 
that no two deals are the same. You have to decide what's important to you. Do you are you done done? You want out, mm-hmm. and you have to go through a transition period, but you don't stay, or you want to stay with the new company and grow, or if somebody really values what you've contributed, or maybe you know you're a uh, service provider and you, the business is in your name, mm-hmm. then they need you to stay on. You know, I sold a great market research firm that was in a kind of a complicated space. It was a woman and her assistant, and they were doing. It was a smaller business, a half a million in sales, but because it was so profitable, we sold it for a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh, the buyer had her stay on for a year and a half, so she could transfer some of that brand equity to him, not just the financial. So it's amazing. I've sold so many different kinds of businesses from, you know, big distribution companies all the way down. I sold a butterfly farm, Beth, once. (laughs) That's great. um, Yeah, you know, pretty much if you can build it, it can be sold at the right price and terms. So that's that's a caveat there, right price and terms. Okay, so that leads me to my next question, which is, you know, setting yourself up for success so that you have the best deal that you can. What are the most important things to put in place for that? Well, I think going back to documenting your systems and having great financials. Mm -hmm. You've got to have really clean financials because uh, no financing, no deal. And financing comes from clean profit and loss statements, balance sheets, and tax returns. Mm -hmm. So let's just say um, the Small Business Administration, SBA, would be guaranteeing a loan through the bank. So it would be an SBA loan through you know, your local bank. They're going to look at three years of tax returns for the business and for you, the buyer, uh, will have to look and share their tax returns. So the the business has to qualify and the buyer has to qualify. So you have to do your job as the seller, as the business owner of having really clean financials, P&Ls and tax returns. So when everybody submits to the bank, the bank is comfortable. They see the cash flow. They believe in the history and the predictability of the buyer to pay the money back because that's what they want, right? Right. right. So um, financials, again, you can see how important it is. It's a very consistent statement. (laughs) It's great for you to know it when you're running and it's great for you to know it and have it really clean when it's time to sell. Yeah. What would you consider your best bottom line advice that if every entrepreneur followed it, there'd be a lot more success, happiness, and, you know, joy mm-hmm. in, the, in the world, you know, <laughs> they would have that easier time. What, yeah. what's the bottom line? Oh, no pressure here, right? Right. Um, no pressure. Uh, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> okay. So really, um, I believe, believe in my heart in thinking big. That's my first thing. Mm-hmm. You know, building a business is a challenge. It's like one of the best challenges besides having kids, you know, I've ever had. So you might as well think big. It doesn't hurt. It really doesn't hurt. You don't know what can happen. And so just just go for it. Trust in that big, big, big vision. But while you're growing and thinking about being big, you have to trust your intuition. Kind of goes back to what I said earlier. Mm -hmm. There's so many things to distract you. I mean, we can, as entrepreneurs, can feel so busy, so doing this and that. We've got social media. But you've got to listen to your own inner voice as you go forward about what feels right and at what pace for you. Just because you might not be the next dot com and go public in, you know, 90 days and sleep in a T-shirt for a month, (laughs) that's okay. That's not for you right? There's plenty of businesses that have grown big, done wonderful things and taken 10 years to do it or 20 years. It doesn't matter. Trust your own intuition, go at your own pace, do what feels right. And then lastly, again, take that big vision, take that intuition and start right where 
you are. One small step at a time that keeps you in the game, having fun, loving what you're doing, serving those that you love with what you love. And to me, that's the bliss of business ownership. That's the ultimate. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Mm. That's inspiring. Well, I want to wrap up our conversation with a question that I ask all of my guests. And you put yourself into this uh, place where you've been go, go, go. And it's time to kind of take a break and kick back. And you've got a three week vacation on Introvert Island. <laughs> and you can only take Sounds three, delicious. Doesn't yeah. it though? I know, <laughs> especially right now that the weather's getting cooler and it's like dipping toes in sand sounds good. So you've only got the ability to take three books with you. What would you take with you and why? Mm. Well, I would always take the alchemist with me because I can never read the alchemist too many times. Mm-hmm. That's just such a wonderful, wonderful touch point. Um, the second book I would take is The One Thing by Gary Keller. I don't know if you've read that. I've heard of it, but not read oh, it. It's, you know, and I have to say that I'm a business book junkie, so I pretty mm-hmm. much read everything. So, but I tend to love the things that are most simple. Yeah. Um, because to me, that's an exponential strategy. If it's simple, it's sustainable. If it's too complicated, it's hard to keep it up. So one, the one thing, because uh, it's, it's about finding the one thing in your business, in your personal life, your health, et cetera, that can exponentially move you forward. That if you focus just on one thing, you almost don't need to do anything else. And I think that's really, really, really powerful. And then um, I'm going to cheat a little bit. And I would say <laughs> on my third book, I love magazines. So Ah. I would bring the latest copy of Oprah. Yes, I would, because there's a lot of reading going on in there. Yes. And the latest copy of Inc. magazine. And I'll just use Inc. because that's, there's like a whole stack of other magazines like Fast Company, Entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things because I would, I, I, it's almost embarrassing to say I rarely read um, nonfiction. I love business books. I love business magazines. Inc. is my favorite and Oprah. And so if I had a stack of business magazines, Oprah and those two books, I am so happy for three weeks. Excellent. And you know, and what we can do, I don't know if they still do this, but the libraries used to bind like an entire year's worth of, oh of magazines together. <laughs> oh, you know. my. That is heaven. I didn't okay, know that. There you go. Um, yeah. Oh, that's the, thank you. That's a tip of the day for me. <laughs> <laughs> See if they still do that. I remember wandering the stacks when I was a child, but you know, libraries have changed. Mm. So Julie, what is the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about you and the book and everything else that you have to offer? Sure, sure. Well, I love hearing from people directly. So please feel free to email me anytime at julie at grow at the well.com. And I have a complimentary five-star growth jumpstart course. Uh, Anyone can download at accelerate at the well.com. And then they can learn about my online training program for women entrepreneurs called Accelerate, where we have live coaching twice a week. I'm on the line, literally video call. It's really fun. Everybody enjoys it on different topics. There's a whole library of, of learning modules. And it's just a great safe place to think big, grow big, but start small. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Great. And we'll make sure that all of those links are included in the show notes so people can connect and, and especially learn about your Introvert Island book selections and, and whatnot. So thank you so much for uh, sharing yourself, your, your generous wisdom with us. And uh, it's been great fun. Thank you, Beth. I love the work you're doing. So uh, I look you. forward to sharing it so more people can listen and grow and grow. You're, you're doing a great job. Thanks oh, so much. Thank you. This interview made me think of a quote from entrepreneur and Shark Tank star Mark Cuban. 
He said, don't start a company unless it's an obsession and something you love. If you have an exit strategy, it's not an obsession. I remember when I first heard that, I had something of a negative reaction. Not about it being something that you love or an obsession, but this idea that having an exit strategy means you're somehow less passionate or invested in the success of the business. After this conversation with Julie, I disagree with Cuban even more. Life and business are a series of entrances and exits, and the more gracefully we can make those transitions, the more freedom we will experience. One of my favorite questions to come from my business coach has been this. If you only have 12 more months of being the introvert entrepreneur, what would you want to accomplish? The question was energizing, both because it gave me space to think big, as Julie has encouraged us to do in this episode, and also because I found that I could envision a life beyond those 12 months, past the introvert entrepreneur, and I was excited by the possibilities. Those possibilities exist because of what I've created, and they remind me that my life is more than my business. My business has to serve my life, and if it doesn't, then a graceful exit is freedom, not defeat. I invite you to think about that for yourself. How do you feel about the place your business occupies in your life? What do you know about its lifespan? What would it mean if you had an exit strategy? What would it mean if you didn't? The most important thing is to be intentional. The decision to begin with the end in mind is up to each individual entrepreneur, and no one answer is right for everyone. You have to discern what's right for you. A quick reminder that you'll find highlights from this conversation, as well as links to resources mentioned in the podcast show notes at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. You'll also find information about other services I offer, including coaching, speaking, and strategy sessions for entrepreneurs. It's easy to schedule a time to chat with me, and you can also complete a contact form and I will be back in touch with you. Either way, I would love to hear from you. A special thank you, as always, to my podcast producer, Paul Messing, and my assistant, Naja, for preparing the podcast show notes. I'm also extremely grateful that you chose to share this time with me and my guest. This is Beth Below of The Introvert Entrepreneur, and until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. Thank you.